Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Good morning. It's The Fan Morning Show with Justin and Ailish. Sportsnet 590, The Fan. <laughs> what are you laughing about? Oh, no, 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 Justin. What's wrong? What's going it's on? Untenable again. Oh. Can we talk about something else but Alec Manoa? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> it's tough. I think that's our responsibility today. It is tough, and right folks. Now. And the text line is up and Adam this morning. Restless sleeps from the listeners. They were spinning around waiting to talk this out with us this morning. 590-590, we will do such things. We will chat about Alec Manoa, Puma pummeled, wounded Puma. Those are some headlines in our doc mm. this morning. I like them. Got some competing headlines going. It's a tough go. Yeah, I mean, the story of last night's ball game was written in the first inning. And it was Alec Manoa not managing to get more than one out. Yeah, made for an easy transition to game two of the Stanley Cup final in terms of <laughs> sure watching. Sure did. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's, I'm, uh, I'm choosing to take the silver lining because we talked about, Hey, when you get hit over the head, with something, it at least convinces you that the course mm. of direction is pretty obvious. And it feels like after that, we should not see Alec Manoa again for quite a while. Right. It has felt like that. I, I think we did straw that broke the camel's back. It wasn't straw. I mean, it, it, it might have been a little heavier than a straw last time out, but this is a brick breaking the camel's back. This was... The tipping point. The tipping point, for sure. And it's like, oh, what's rock bottom? There is no rock bottom. Could it be worse next time out? I don't think you could be worse than lasting a third of an inning, allowing six runs, eight of nine batters reach. I guess you could go for the nine and nine next time out. But what more do you need to see if you're John Schneider... Ross Atkins, Mark Shapiro, whomever, like someone has to step up and make a decision here mm-hmm. because it's pretty clear the direction that Alec Manoa is headed at the moment. It truly was worst case scenario, including a grand slam. That's never fun against a rookie as well. It just, it, everything that could have went wrong, went wrong, including the fan base booing Alec Manoa as he got pulled off the, off the field He's arguing some calls. It looks like he's struggling for anything. He's up against the pitch clock, pitching fraction milliseconds before hmm, I didn't really it goes down. That. Well, Buck Martinez made a really good point that he he was almost rushing to get a couple pitches out. Like he was waiting right until the very last dying seconds mm. to throw a pitch. It looks like the conditioning's obviously been an issue. We've talked about this before. Doesn't look comfortable on the mound. The Astros played it in a put him in an uncomfortable situation for that entire first inning as much as he got to play. And and, uh, Yeah, and and the Astros is a good, like, uh, they deserve credit for sure. Um, And I thought actually watching him earlier, I was like, wow, that was a good pitch. A couple, like, how did Bregman lay off that? Like, there's, but when you are, when the book is out, Mm -hmm. where even, hey, you throw one good pitch at at bat, it's like, oh, we know there's going to be a mistake coming or we know he's going to have trouble actually hitting the zone here so let's lay off that one good one that we see it becomes so much easier right Mm -hmm. because you know the mistakes are coming you know the control is not quite there so even if he throws a nice slider 
that's tight and nicks the edge of the zone. And you and wait for your pitch. You wait for your mm-hmm. pitch because you can against Alec Manoa. Yeah, you can. You have you have all the control in the world because you know that this is a wounded puma. This is a wounded <laughs> animal out there who's not going to be able to throw that pitch again or have that second weapon that can really get you. It's like. It just becomes like such a simple task, it seems, for the opposition right now. And a veteran team with veteran hitters like the Houston Astros, even though they've gone a little transition themselves, uh, they can take advantage. Okay, so first inning, uh, one out, Alec Manoa's pulled. I think there was a little bit of, well, I saw some conflicting feelings about pulling him so early that maybe you just keep him in there. For me, that was not even an right, option. What are, you, what are you, into gore? Like, why wouldn't? Because at that point, the game's already lost. What, are you going to go into your bullpen and use up any arms? For me, it was get him out as soon as possible. Exactly. The of entire course. situation is, like, I, I feel for Alec Manoa. I've been an athlete. I've been in a slump before and ever in this situation, of course. But he needs to, he certainly <laughs> no, needs. Never, never like this. No, I mean, like, high stakes, okay. blowing up yeah, in front yeah, of yeah, a yeah. Rogers Center and a professional. Also, pitching, pitching's different, Yes, right? it's like it is. You're so, on an island. Everybody is watching literally. you. Yeah. You are at hand for the reason that the Blue Jays were down so significantly in the first inning. It is on Alec Manoa. But to keep him out there would, would just, for me, not a not an option. I thought it was pretty poor that the Blue Jays fans were booing him. The guy's trying, you know, like it's it's not like a lack of effort or a lack of care. You see that this guy cares so much about this. He's down bad. Like this is... It is kind of uncharted territories, and I know there's a lot of people drawing um, connections to Roy Halladay or Ricky Romero, and it, there's, the situation is unique in itself. Alec Manoa was a Cy Young finalist last year. He's very, very young in his career. He's never shown any of these signs of depleted ability to even get through without walks. You know, it, there's so many reasons why never this Never struggled before in his life. Right. And so this is on big stage struggling. And he's a guy that's been very, very confident, very, very positive. You know, pressure is for tires. Alec Manoa is really proud of where he is at this point. So I think there's a lot of things that make this a unique situation. Nonetheless, we've gotten to the point where there is no question. You cannot put Alec Manoa out on Saturday against Minnesota Twins. There is... That is... That would be the biggest failure we've seen in this organization in a very long time if Alec Manoa takes the mound on Saturday. So now you have the decision point of what needs to happen next. And for me, it it cannot be more black and white. Yeah, I think it's pretty simple. And again, I'm I'm kind of I I do think the booing was a little distasteful, but also again, things hitting you over the head. I think it makes the decision maybe slightly easier, or it spurs on action just a little bit more, given that you want to avoid that, right? You don't yeah. want you want that to happen again. You don't want him to blow up on the mound. You don't want him to be continuously embarrassed. Embarrassed on the mound, one thing. Embarrassed while walking off the mound adds on to that embarrassment. And this is this is definitely like a confidence issue. This is a psychological issue. There's probably mechanical stuff, but that is, uh, you can't repair that. That's unattainable because there's something now going on between the ears. And this is like the feedback loop. Everything's contributing to each each other. And it's inescapable at this point because there are multiple things at play at this moment. So, yeah, it's pretty obvious what needs to happen. And it's not obvious, however, what who needs to come up, who's going to take the spot of Alec Manoa, who's going to actually get the ball every fifth day because the Blue Jays have put them in this in themselves in a position where they don't have the safety net in place. They don't have 
a pitcher in AAA to turn to. They don't have a veteran who's on the roster who can be stretched out and start games for you. Yeah, you can go with this starter uh, situation, but they don't really have the bullpen that lends itself to that. Like, it just seems like they definitely have to either bite the bullet and call someone up who's not major league level, but that might be better than Manoa at this point mm-hmm. and at least saves him from further embarrassment. Or you got to go out and make a deal out of desperation. And this isn't the time that deals are made generally. So you're probably going to have to overpay. You're going to have to reach and you're probably going to be taken advantage of because you are the desperate one. They've put themselves in a really, really poor position to address this need, which wasn't unseen. Like we have been having this conversation about year. Alec Manoa for his last six starts and it got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and now you're at the point where it's untenable and where's your safety valve you don't have one you should have been thinking and how can you not have one given what jose barrios and yusei kikuchi exactly. gave you last year you should have had the thought the wherewithal and it's easy now because that, there's no other option but this is on management and this is on ownership to have had some sort of option available in case break glass in case of emergency now you're at a point where, yeah, there is no clear option. You're going to go out and make a trade for someone. Are you in the window that you want to give up a major, one of your few prospects to get someone right now in Ju- in June? And you're right. Like, which team is going to be putting out a really nice package to help the Toronto Blue Jays? Nobody. And you've put yourself in an opportunity where this window, we've talked about a few times with John Morosi, is it even there? Is it shrunk to this season? Are you going to... Th- give away something that you might need this off season. If this window isn't this year, you're in a really tough spot to address an issue, which you saw previously last year. And I know maybe it wasn't expected to be with Alec Manoa, but Kikuchi, Barrios, you got a new pitcher in Bassett. Anything could happen. Now Mitch White isn't even, he's strictly out of uh, the rotation in, uh, in terms of being a starting pitcher, right? They've made that announcement. He'll strictly be bullpen. So there goes an option that we were kind of thinking maybe as as a potential on the road. That was the solution last year. Hanjun Ryu the exact could same not problem. heal faster. And that seems like <laughs> a pipe point. dream. Could be way past the All Star break um, and trade deadline. So you're in a you're in a tough spot. But for me, it I feel better about having one of the following: Casey Lawrence, Zach Thompson, Drew Hutchinson, Luke Bard, etc. I mean, I don't feel good about any of those options, but it's better than the current situation 100 Mm percent it just you have to make that move whether and 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 for whatever reason john schneider seems reluctant to do it maybe he's just protecting his guys maybe this is his job under his job title and job description but someone has to step up here and i think it's management management ross atkins have to go to schneider and say he's not going out there again Mm -hmm. we're going to do something about it we're going to give you an arm whether it's someone from triple a or a trade or a free agent pickup or whatever. I mean, they they have been remarkably healthy this year. There was a great chance, uh, if not probable, that one of these guys would have to miss a start at some point. So what was the solution for that? They're one of the only teams in baseball. They might be the only team in baseball that haven't used a six starter. I feel like it's, it's, it's a miracle that they've gone mm-hmm. through two months of the schedule having not missed a start from anyone. I don't remember a Jays season where that's happened before. No. I mean, maybe it has, and it's just, you know, you know, you're not really paying attention to it. But that seems so far-fetched to believe that you would have no hiccups and you would have the same guy every fifth day and not have to worry about anything. You have to have contingencies in place, and Ross Atkins should have one in this, in this, in this moment. 
They need to get someone in there to take the ball because this is going to just get worse for Alec Manoa, even though it seems after seeing nine batters and eight reach and six runs (laughs) in a third of an inning that it can't get worse. The question and the problem we've had all season long that is now glaringly obvious if it wasn't a month ago is there's no organizational depth in any position on this team. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have to move. Which is not the song they were singing when these guys arrived. And you have to move somebody from your limited amount of organizational depth prospect system to address something that you could have thought about maybe as a contingency plan previously. So who's out there? Yeah, there's some free agents, but I mean, the the Blue Jays have to make a a tough decision here with, let's just talk about the Alec Manoa situation. It's going to be hard for him, I'm sure, to be told that you got to go down to Buffalo and spend some time there. But I'm not worried about, my my thing is I don't want to, I don't want to have Alec Manoa lose his confidence and we never get the Alec Manoa that we want, right? You have to kind of make the tough decision now in June and maybe... It's a month, maybe it's a couple starts, maybe it's past the all-star break and he comes back. I, I don't know that I'm not a manager. I don't know how mm-hmm. long he needs, but he yeah, needs I don't know something. How to deal with pitching struggles. Because he's still a young guy and this is going to be a blip and he can have a, a he could still have an incredible career and I still think he does. It's not like he's lost mechanics. Uh, maybe a little bit, but yeah. But it's clearly between the years and he's mentioned yeah. that and we're we're seeing that. We're seeing the emotion, the body language. So you have to make the hard decision now to hopefully have an opportunity where Alec Manoa comes back and it can be a little redemption story, right? And now Schneider, obviously post-game, was asked pretty much exclusively about this topic. We have a couple audio um, clips on that. Let's talk first about um, Schneider and Saturday. So if he's concerned about sending Manoa out on Saturday, which would be his next scheduled start against the Twins. I mean, I think we're, you know, we're past that point. You know, I think, again, I think what we're concerned about is just really trying to do whatever we need to do to get him better so it's um again we're talking about a really good pitcher for one and you know it's it's a tough it's been a tough go for him so he understands that and you know there's no there's no concern but i think the the main focus is to just do whatever we need to do to get him better okay and that is to send him down away from the team away from us away from the media maybe away from don't the pitch fans, for a while like maybe don't take reset. the ball for Buffalo Reset. every yep. fifth day immediately, maybe just not pitch for a bit. I so, don't know. But that's a different tone than Schneider had said previously. And in one start, and obviously this was maybe the worst case scenario you could have drawn up. I remember Schneider last time saying, no, he's our guy. Like, you know, he, yeah, and we I, see some point of Do you have confidence. a problem with that? No, no, like, I'm the saying. The about face for Schneider, no. if this is an about face? This this is, for me, this is this is showing that there's the door is open. Or anything yeah. that Manoa and, needs, and, and I don't, I don't want to criticize Schneider at all. Actually, for what he says, because your job is to be supportive until he's no longer an option for you. You know what I mean? Like if you're, if you're like openly speculating in late May about, uh, I don't know if he's, I don't know, uh, yeah. we might have to do something. What confidence is going to, how is that going to affect him yeah. further? Because he knows, oh, if I'm terrible here, I'm done, or no one believes in me, not even my manager. I, I mean, he's got to show. A united front mm-hmm. until you reach the critical point, the breaking point. Which and is I think probably today or tomorrow. This was probably the yeah. breaking point last night mm-hmm. where you are unusable and we're now risking irreparable damage, right? Like if this can, if he just ran out every day for five straight days through the five months of the season and there's no break at all, like I don't think you can overcome it. So there's, you got to reach the point where it's like, okay, now are we risking 
the future of this guy based on what we're doing right now. At some point, you have to have an intervention process or an intervention moment or eureka moment, something that tells you, hey, we cannot continue to go down this path or we may never get back mm-hmm. to uh, the place we were. No, I think that Schneider, like I was, I when I played that clip, he said we need to do whatever we need to do to get Alguinoa right. I think that is going to be the reasoning to why they send him down. I think he set the door and he set the stage to say, that's it. We need Alec Manoa to get right. That's why we sent him down to mm-hmm. Buffalo. So I think that for me, that's much different than what he said previously on the podium where he shut down the idea that they wouldn't have an opportunity for Alec Manoa to start. So he did ask, uh, he did answer on if a demotion or if moving down to uh, AAA was uh, in the cards for Manoa. And here's Schneider's answer. Yeah, I mean, as of now, yeah, we're not sitting here making plans for anything, but I think everything that we can do for him is using, you know, every resource that we have and, um, you know, using the staff and, and, you know, using his teammates to kind of help him through it. So when I say everything's, you know, on the, yeah, everything's on the table. We're just trying to help him get back to the caliber of pitcher that he was. And just is a plan now for him to start on Saturday? Yeah, I, mean, I, I think so. I mean, <laughs> game just ended, so we're trying to line up our bullpen for tomorrow. Um, you know, again, we'll we'll figure it out. Yeah, so he's... I mean, he's still scheduled as of right now. Okay, well, he wasn't going to say post-game. No, he's not playing yeah, he Saturday. Can get there. We'll see. Well, we're going to talk about it. I, no, I think he did the right thing. Uh, again, and I don't want to criticize John Schneider because, like, what can you do? Like, you can't do anything if someone, if I just was, like, mute all of a sudden, you just have to take the show, right? Like, there's, 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 at some point. Don't try that out. At some point, there's nothing you can do about the performance of someone else who cannot be assisted in any way if you've exhausted all your resources. Like, he's got to support him until he's no longer a member of the team or a member of the active roster or an option in your rotation. And then at that point, you can talk about future and solutions and someone else dealing with the problem. But John Schneider's got to try to make the best of every scenario. And that's what he's doing in game. I mean, he he gave him a chance to get through an inning. Mm-hmm. He couldn't. And then you have to move on because you're worried about the asset and you're also worried about, you know, I mean, I guess you, it's only Manoa preservation at that point because the game's already lost, but mm-hmm. you got to do your best with what you're given. And and right now his job has been to put out Manoa every fifth day. And I think someone, whether it's Schneider or someone else has to put a stop to it. We'll take your thoughts at 590-590. Lots of Manoa ponderings this morning. Brian from Toronto. Manoa can't, they'll likely have to have him on the mound for Saturday for his next start. There's nothing in AAA. They could do a bullpen day. Richards for three, Pearson for three. That the thought screws up the pen for the other days. Manoa is not in shape. Putting him out every five days is cruel to him. Seeing his face, I feel sorry for him. I hope Manoa is not Romero part two. So I agree with the uh, thought screwing up the pen for the other days, but we've been seeing that every Manoa start, right? Like there has been not a lot of options post him. We haven't seen a one inning or a third of an innings experience, but even before we had three innings and four innings and not enough. Right. So we've always kind of had to have that in the back of our mind, but I mean, Saturday is still for me, just a non-starter and a non-start, but I think that they'll have to find a way to make, make it work, whether it's a bullpen day, whether it's someone being an opener, one of these guys I named from Buffalo that's going to come yeah, up. I mean, and- I disagree with the text because there are options. They're not they're not great options. Yeah. There's not someone that you're like really, really excited about licking your chops. Can't wait to see them on the mound. Uh, forget Alec Manoa. No, there's just someone who's replacement level who 
is better than Alec Manoa right now. Manoa is far less than replacement level, and replacement level will at least get you a couple innings, yeah. save your bullpen, not affect today, mm-hmm. yesterday. I mean, yeah, there are options here. They're just not great ones. It's a good thing you got Kevin Gosman and Jose Barrios and Chris Bassett playing and pitching well because today Kevin Gosman walks in and I feel an extreme level of confidence that he can get five, six innings in there. Like he is your, he's your ace. Like he's your guy. So you still have an ace. You still have an ace. You still have a, a two slash three in Barrios and Bassett. Thank God because. And even Kikuchi, but is he going to be your fourth starter? That's fine. Yeah, I mean, I mean if you re- just, you know, reshape your thought process, Kevin Gosman is a uh, bona fide number one. He could be the Cy Young winner in the yep. American League. He's pitching like a number one. Chris Bassett, in large part, has pitched like a number two. Barrios has bounced back into a top three role himself. And you say Kikuchi may be a stretch to be like, oh, really good four there. But at times, he can pitch like a four. Now you just have to, in your mind formulate the justification of a fifth starter from AAA or beyond. Mm -hmm. And then you got yourself what could be an okay rotation still and a possible playoff rotation with maybe Manoa coming back up later or Hunjin Ryu being available, a bullpen bolster by a guy named Chad Green. Like there's, Yeah. yeah, I mean, like I don't think it's hopeless yet, but it's hopeless for Manoa right now. And that's why you got to do something about it. And I know that he's spoken highly about how his teammates are really trying to help him through this. I mean, Jose Barrios kind of went through the same thing last year, right? There's a guy you can chat with. There's been, everybody's had struggles as a starting pitcher. Like name one starting pitcher that has had a perfect, perfect career. That's been without blemish, without a month of struggle. Like this isn't, this is extreme. We know that. It is certainly a big speed bump in his young career, but he has the resources around him to talk to guys, and he has certainly mentioned that that has been a really important point of the last month or two of struggles for Alec Manoa. And it's going to be really tough on his level of confidence and his own belief to get sent down to AAA. But, I mean, at some point, I know you're, you're, you have to shelter him, but at some point you are a professional athlete in the major leagues that's going to have to have swallow your pride a bit and go down and pitch in Buffalo. And think big picture, when I come back to help this team, I'll be in a, the best mindset, I'll be ready, and I'm not going to continue to walk myself into worse and worse situations, right? So I, I do, and I, once again, I, I do feel for Alec Manoa, but I also think you can't be, you know, sheltering and coddling yeah, him I mean, a bit there's at There's accountability point. at the highest level of sport, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is, it's not, hey, we we really like you, and you were so awesome last year. And we just want to see, we do want to see you succeed. And we just like having you around. No, that's, it's just not good enough. Like you have to perform at this level or there are consequences. And I mean, it's clear. It, it, it could not be more clear at this point. And maybe he could be around, maybe just not pitching for a month would be a good thing. And then stretching it back out at AAA and then maybe coming back, having like a hard break in the season. I don't know what the proper recourse is. Doesn't mean you have to be banished from the team. But it means you can't pitch every fifth day right now. Mary from Mississauga. My heart breaks for Manoa. We as a society have few skills to talk about and act with someone clearly suffering uh, from this issue. It is a largely a taboo subject. I cannot imagine how vulnerable he was last night. Who among us can find the courage to do what he did last night? And, and I mean, there's the personal. This is a sport and we watch it for enjoyment. And But it is his life and his career and it's not going to be easy to to, sh- to show face. I will say I thought it was admirable that when he got pulled out after one out 
and a grand slam. He was up on the railing for a little bit. He was up there cheering his teammates on. He stayed in the, and I know, like... Yeah, he went to the back yeah, pretty quickly. after that. But, like, right away, you could have stormed out and shown, you know, no face. Yeah. But he stayed in there for a little bit. He looked at the iPad, like, yeah, your answer aren't on, on the iPad. But, you know, every camera was on Alquino. Everyone wanted to see and his how reaction. how uncomfortable would that be? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. you know that the entire stadium is watching you. Everyone on TV is watching you. The broadcast has eyes on you. And I just thought, like... You know what? Like that's a. I don't know how I would react in that moment. You could be smashing stuff. You could be punching holes in walls. You could be, you know, pissed off. I just thought, you know, in that moment, he showed a little bit of grace, and it's going to be hard the next month or how long. But maybe he's got the right support system around him. I don't know. What did uh, What did you think of him trying to blow the ball foul? I think he's just trying anything, you know, and, and it's he was pitching in an uncomfortable spot, I think at that point you're pulling on anything you can, right? I've never seen that before. Yeah. Like, like, we've never like, seen a lot of things that was doing In before. hindsight, it's like, wow, that's some serious desperation. But in the moment, like, let's say things are going well for him and he blew the ball foul. It would have been like an all-time play. It yeah. would have been all-time creativity that, like, I, I actually, when I saw it, I'm like, oh, he's kind of like, I don't know, maybe he's not completely weighed down by all this. Like, that is not something that I thought someone... What lacking confidence would try it just seems so random and weird but i guess in high it's like whatever way you want to see it like a stat it's self-serving in this case something that you've never seen before self-serving in hindsight looks like pure desperation like just get this thing foul because if i have two guys on without anyone out i'm going to capitulate uh i will say though i think there was we can share a little bit of blame like a fraction mm-hmm. like if vladimir guerrero jr comes up with that Jordan, Jordan Alvarez chopper. Does Alec Manoa get out of the inning? And, like, if you got a guy like Alec Manoa who's struggling the way he is, there should be desperation in the field to try to help him out. But I will say desper- desperation. desperation. He had a chance to make that you, play. He's a gold glover. And he didn't that. make the play. I will say when you – and maybe it's mm, not as applicable in baseball, but if you know a guy on your team is struggling – maybe you try to overcompensate and get outside your comfort zone. Like, you're not standing there feeling a high level of confidence that Alec Manoa is going to get out of this first inning and pitch a, a perfect game, right? It's but, not like he overran a ball in the outfield, though. No, you know I'm just I mean? saying, and, and it's certainly... You just think he didn't make a play. And I get that. I'm not saying this specific example. Mm. But everybody out there on the field, everybody in the clubhouse, in the dugout, knows what Alec Manoa is going through. You're not telling me there's a 10 to 15 to 20% factor in their mind that like oh i gotta really dial in on everything i do to make sure that this I'd game doesn't so. get out of hand sometimes it could get you out of your level of play i see it in hockey all the time you got a goaltender in that you don't have any faith in that you know it's it's an untenable situation in net. you play a little differently whether that's a good thing you really hone in on defense or you're out of character trying to do things outside of your comfort zone i didn't i don't think that's the vladimir guerrero jr example yeah he could have made that play and you're a goal glover you can but if he had pitched a little longer in that game and maybe previously he has pitched, well, I don't know what start number that was for him, but there hasn't been a good start yet. You know that 14, everyone, maybe. people trotting out on that field have that in the back of their mind that Manoa is struggling. So what what am I needing to do differently? How can I help this guy? And that's that's really hard if you roll him out again. And that's like not even going to happen. But They may. And if it did, okay, let's say worst case scenario, and this this is just, it's not acceptable, but Manoa starts on Saturday. <sighs> like... I don't know how his... Minnesota's a little bit of a light-hitting team, at least in comparison to some don't of the recent opponents. Don't sell me on opponents. this. 
It can't happen. I'm not trying to sell you out. I like I think it's 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 ridiculous that you'd even entertain at this point. I mean, things have like Schneider. I know it's not like a hundred percent on him to make these decisions, but like he's got to be thinking like this could be a decision that gets me fired. Like if and it's not on him a hundred percent. Unless these he's calls. being told like you're going to continue to pitch him, and then it's like, well, what am I going to do? Well, I got to do my best to try to support the guy who I know is going to mm-hmm. fail out there. Yeah, well, we can't even be imagining that he's pitching Saturday at this point. I assume we'll hear something today or tomorrow. I know that, like, it's not an immediate thing. I'm sure they have to have a pretty tough conversation with him. They have to figure out what their option is before they make this move. There are some things to move around in terms of roster construction, who can go where, whatever. Maybe today, maybe tomorrow we get some solidified information on that. I I do think this is a bit of a, uh, the the Jays kind of told on on themselves a little bit yesterday. Because we were talking, oh, we're like, man, they they don't have their three best relievers, and a Manoa start. Like, what are they going to do? This is a loss. Plus money on the Astros. Like, what's wh- yeah, how? It's easy how bet. is that? How is that possible? Like, I, I I don't know. What's the what's the mark of a truly great team? If you have a hard fought series, even a series sweep, mm-hmm. like you had to dig in deep to win three big games in a row. Should that leave you the following day? Throw your hands up and be like, well, we don't have much today, right? Should an elite team go through that, or no? Probably not. No. Right? Probably not. This is the situation they find themselves in. And I guess that's why you need an ace like Manoa or the the ace you thought you were bringing in the season Mm -hmm. to be like, okay, I got got us. I got seven innings today. We're going to be okay. And that's what you expect from Gosman today. And if that doesn't happen, then how long is this series victory over the the Mets – coupled with Manoa's issues, yeah. going to linger throughout the week. Well, it's like, been a all schedule these things loss, are still sadly. connected, right? Yeah. And it was a schedule loss, but only because Manoa's not mm-hmm. Manoa. Mm-hmm. But again, they had no option after Manoa. It got worse. Trevor Richards, who I was banging the drum on, <laughs> was not good. Your and guy. the next up was not good, and the next up was mm-hmm. not good, right? So I feel like even though the weekend was so successful, when you are vulnerable, when you are a wounded animal with a wounded animal on the mound... It says something about your team. It says something about the strength of your team, your ability to win a World Series, your ability to go tooth and nail night in and night out in games that matter more than the one that we watched last night. Like, I do think it says something about your team. I, I mean, we were talking about it all year, but it's not complete. It's not like other teams no. in the American League East. And, and we've known that. One fly in the ointment, mm-hmm. it really, really exposes things. Uh, good question here in the text line. That is scary. What if Manoa goes to Buffalo and doesn't pitch any better than what? That's why I think he should not pitch for a bit. Because I don't expect him to just like start striking out triple no, You're not going to start crushing. In fact, I expect him minor to get. Leagues, I, think. I expect guys to want to make a statement yeah. on him. Be like, oh, we're, we're just as good of a hitter as the ones you saw at the bottom end of the Houston Astros mm-hmm. lineup. We're going to do the exact same thing. And then think about your level of confidence then. If it's already basement for Alec Manoa, which it feels like it is. You go down to Buffalo and you start four days from now and you don't find any progress and you're facing the same things. That is scary season for between the years. Like it doesn't get, what are you going to do at that point? Right. That's a, that's a really tough question. Uh, we will talk to Caleb Joseph today, a uh, former MLB catcher, obviously he's with us at Sportsnet. Um, and he had some good post game quotes. I won't read them now because we want to ask him about it um, on air. But he had some like tough answers as a former player. Like what happens in this situation? It's tough to talk about 
what the, the uncomfortable decisions that need to happen. So we'll talk about that with Caleb Joseph at 8. Um, we got Haley Salvian joining us at 8.30 to do a whip around the Stanley Cup final. We'll talk about that next. And then Brian Crawford is going to join us, current tournament director at the RBC Canadian Open. It is the week of the Canadian Open. We're getting things teed up here uh, to talk about this tournament plan this year, some of the field. Uh, we haven't talked about this guy the block party, he will be here. The mm. decision to invite the block party up. And then obviously Tuesday, 7 a.m., we have Jeff Merrick. But let's shelf the Manoa talk for a little bit. We'll take your text in at 595.90. We will go through this together. But let's talk about the Stanley Cup final last night. Uh, Vegas with a rousing win over the Florida Panthers in a chippy, whew, once again, chippy game. But this one got... Not out of hand, but a little bit. Um, 7-2 win against Florida Panthers, taking a 2 nothing series lead. Now headed to Sunrise for hopefully the opportunity for Florida to find a way back into the series. But it is just looking like it's Vegas's playing the parade on the Strip. Can you imagine looking at that? Yeah, I don't know. I, they must. There's going to be something elaborate. Hey, my going goodness, on. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going it's to be a good. scene. Uh, it wasn't. It hasn't been one way traffic the entire series, but it was one way traffic mm-hmm. uh, last night. Vegas looked like the vastly superior team, and if that's the trend, or if that's the trajectory of the series, it's going to be over very, very quickly because Florida was sort of non competitive last they night. Look outclassed. They 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 look like a team that's like oh there's uh, a big brother mm-hmm. and we've been dealing exclusively with our little brother. Uh, if we're, we're not the same team when we're not the more physical team and Vegas is more in inher- more like naturally physical and tougher than they are, which is a pretty shocking thing. I think the Florida Panthers uh, are dealing with right now. Just Vegas is real. And, and I, and, and you know, I, like I'm kind of like, protect the sanctity of a Stanley Cup champion guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't want Cinderella to win Stanley Cups. And I was worried that, you know, this isn't a real Stanley Cup champion this year. Florida, Vegas, Vegas is real. Like, yeah, any any time. questions about Vegas, uh, they've been answered. They are a brilliant hockey team. And I think Kelly McCrimmon gets all the credit mm-hmm. in the world. I think Bruce Cassidy should get all the credit in the world. The guys who've stuck around there for a long time, not coronation crowning them just yet. But this is a worthy Stanley Cup champion, and I think they're going to get it done pretty quickly. The thing I've been most impressed about Vegas is, I mean, we didn't watch every single Vegas Golden Knights game this year, of course. And you know some of the stars. But their depth has been the most impressive. They're getting production from every single line. A goal from every line a last A goal night. from every line. A goal from their defense. A goal from guys. Michael Amadio. Remember him? Mm-hmm. Toronto Maple Leaf legend. Just burying empty netters. Marcia So has been, I don't know. 12-12, uh, and 12, pretty good. The star of this, which... You have Jack Eichel, of course, and we'll talk about that hit as well. But their depth has overpowered the top lines on Florida. And mm-hmm. it is just like rolling over the bench. Here's another line. Here's another line. Here's another line. And their fourth line has been one of their best, like, either shutdown or Might response the best fourth lines. line in hockey. It's incredible the way that they're constructed. So I, they deserve a lot of credit for, for surprising Heavy, a lot of people. Heavy, fast, play with pace. They're like Colorado was last year where it's like, mm. we cannot even breathe because you guys are so fast. They are like that, maybe a notch below, but physical as well and big and powerful and just a terror to deal with every time they're out there. And we don't have to really have a con smite discussion. 
because that's the point. They have so many guys who are just standouts, who are doing their job. Mark Stone, William Carlson, Jonathan March. So Jack Eichel, the defense core is maybe the best in hockey. Aiden Hill. Aiden Hill. Aiden Hill. Looks like a star back there, even (laughs) though he's in a position where he kind of just has to do his job. Yeah, there have been some outstanding saves, but we're talking about outstanding saves kind of, you know, in seven, two games, right? Like... Uh, it's just across the board, they are getting contributions. They are a real team. Their strength is their depth. And again, uh, I mean, we don't talk about Kelly McCrimmon much. Might be the best GM in hockey. I don't think we said his name once in the last year. Yeah. I truly haven't. I don't think we did. Like, And and uh, I mean, I think the thing that stands out the most for me, we got Jeff Merrick on at 7, we'll ask him this, but they just see an opportunity to upgrade. And I've been critical of this. I thought like, who are you guys like treating Mark Andre Fleury like that? Mm-hmm. Like you lost your soul as a team. Like this was the guy who was this was your beating heart, and you're just like, nah, let's get rid of him. They have been cutthroat, and I've been critical of them in the past for being like that. They might win them a cup, but they saw an opportunity to be incrementally better, maybe more than incrementally, but better because Bruce Cassidy was better coach than Pete DeBoer, mm-hmm. and they made that change. They make hard decisions, and making hard decisions. It's, it's abundantly clear is something you have to do if you want to win at this level. And I don't want to make this about the Leafs, but they refuse to make hard decisions. This team, this Vegas team chooses to be better every time they have that opportunity. And that's what separates them. That's what's separating them right now. And that's why they're going to win a cup. I think pretty clearly uh, in their first six years of existence, 148 penalty minutes last night, second most ever in a Stanley cup final game. Feeling like that's the, method of I don't know process that the Florida Panthers are going through right now they're kind of just clawing at whatever they can do didn't obviously work uh Matthew Kachuk ejected from last night's game two 10-minute misconducts I think yeah three total in the series and I, I just feel like they're playing out of out of desperation right and what is that to try to scrum things up mess things up the hit on Jack Eichel clean yeah, could have been a big moment, maybe. It could have been but a, then, a good turning point, almost. Yeah, and then Matthew Kachuk acts up, and he's, like, like flailing around in the scrum, grabbing Alex Petrangelo yeah. when it looked like it stopped. Like, you have to compose yourself. That's they've what lo- I meant by outclass, too. Yeah, they've lost their composure. Yep. Kachuk is their beating heart, and mm-hmm. he's lost his mind a little bit. Bobrovsky, the magic's worn off there. The clock has struck Bob. It just seems like all that stuff that was working that made it, like, differentiators, yes, but playing at the top of their ceiling, it was you needed that. You needed to get that to get through Boston and Toronto and Carolina. And now it's not happening against this Vegas team, and they look really, really average. The Barovsky magic is that was the story coming into the series, right? Mm-hmm. Bob's found his younger self, this level of play that we hadn't seen in a couple seasons. Um, you know, we saw Alex Lyon last night. I don't think they'd be starting Alex Lyon at home on Game Three, but. Maurice it's didn't, not, a, it's he was not out of the question. I mean, which I, is crazy. And I think it's uh, for me, it's Bobrovsky again. Like the guy, you pulled him after four, right? Four goals on, I think it was like 12 or 13 shots. Yeah, the game wasn't going your way. I mean, Alex Lyon still led in a couple, but, it, you know, he the game was a little different at that point. People were still talking about Bobrovsky winning the Conn Smythe, even in a loss before yeah. yesterday's mm-hmm. game. And now Maurice is saying, I don't know who's going to start game three. Well, that's, a, just, that's a significant yeah, change. That's crazy. It, it can't be Alex Lyon, sorry. Uh, game three, the Stanley Cup final. I think it's still Bobrovsky's net. I do think yeah. that maybe he's looking a little humbled. And what? who knew that the, the, the way to beat a goalie was just to have traffic in front of him? Yeah. It's uh, pretty crazy. There's a couple where <laughs> Bobrovsky's not even close because he can't see the puck, uh, which helps. Uh, but yeah, you, the, Sergei Bobrovsky's being Sergei Bobrovsky. 
he's a goaltender who can be mm-hmm. the best in the world for stretches, and then he can completely lose himself. And I'm not, I think it may be too much of a stretch to say he's completely lost himself, because you're right. I think Vegas has done an incredible job, but there have been some pucks that have gone straight yeah. through him. That, 100%. He, that, he, that he, was, he was making those saves against Toronto uh, and other teams Maybe along the way. Maybe he lost a little bit. Of the luster, he he Nine stood on his head for two series. Yeah, there was there was series. there was always a shelf life on Bob being the best player in hockey. Yeah, he was. That's just not him. He has the potential, but he's a guy that you know there there's variance to his game for sure. So they're back in action Thursday night um, in Florida. They got a Thursday Saturday. It could be the end. I getting swept in the Stanley Cup final is just a tough go, but. I don't know. It's a really tough hole to claw out of. I don't know where your points... If you're the Florida Panthers and you're headed home last night or this morning, like, where is your... What are you holding on to to be like, we're back in the series? Like, for you... What is there to cling to? What are you clinging to? It's is like a serious question. Like, I mean, Bobrovsky, you look at the, the previous three rounds, maybe that, like, you, you know, he's not fallen off a cliff. He's certainly not himself, but you think if he can get back to a good level, maybe we find some opportunity. I mean, Matthew Kachuk is a heartbeat of this and team of this heartbeat of this team as you mentioned he needs to kind of use that leadership ability to say all right we got a little out of hand in vegas we got embarrassed we got outclassed it's back on our home ice we play our way i play my way Mm -hmm. i play my controlled chaos my composed grit and he's got to learn like michael bunting maybe learn briefly Mm -hmm. like if i do anything here they're going to call me for 10 like he's lost the leash and the rope that he's been given yep. to this point. So he's got to rein in his game. I think that's step one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're clinging to anything, it's like, okay, Matthew Kajuk can rein in his game a yeah. little bit. But I, I, honestly, I think that's a great question. We should ask that to Jeff Merrick because I'm not seeing much, uh, especially after game two. I mean, in Vegas is just a rolling momentum and they have their foot on the gas and they can't afford, not that you want this, but you know, to have a game that you don't play lights out because it still feels like things are going their way like they're getting depth from everyone like if jack eichel who hasn't really been a star of this playoff run isn't mm-hmm. performing you got the next guy up and the next guy up and the next guy up like that was scary that hit on uh, yeah so the, the hit when i saw oh my god like i felt that in yeah. my oh my gut and my heart when he and got I, and i think crushed. he bailed like i think he made that the mistake the of bailing he made it worse for himself well, he, he looked up he saw matthew kachuk's gonna steamroll him and he yeah. kind of like I don't know if he stumbled a bit, but he he put himself in a little bit of a tough situation and, and a tough opportunity to get up. crushed, man. It was. Up. I got hit so, similar in the hockey like that. It was a little. It was more blindsided though. I was I was skating up the ice and I was looking back for a pass. This is women's hockey, so you're not supposed to get hit in the open ice. Mm-hmm. And I got absolutely steamrolled. Same kind of thing. Not looking, and I was knocked unconscious on the ice. And I thought that how is he getting up? He got up. His helmet was rolling away, and he he looked a little funky. That, no, though, I, eh? I, yeah, I've like never he, seen a reaction like was, that. Like he's making weird. And he's I, like twitching a little bit. Ooh. And of course, he had that neck surgery that Buffalo yeah. wouldn't allow him to do. That Vegas did allow yes. him to do. I and thought, it, oh my god, that could be. I, I honestly. Using vertebrae together, if I'm not mistaken. They did uh, a good job, clearly. Yeah, it's that, I mean, yeah, it was pretty scary, actually. I was stunned I was to see him out. And I thought, so like, scared. maybe, okay, best case scenario, Stinger, because he's acting really strange. And Ugh. those feel like something really bad's happening, and then you're, you're back but out there. But I can't believe they didn't do, I mean, the concussion protocol. You're already winning the game. I'm surprised he came back and played. He did get an assist on, on that one goal. Set up another March, so goal, yeah. But I'm like, at that point, 
with his injury history, with the fact that the game seemed like it was already in your hands, the fact that he got back out there and played, I thought that was the end of what we'd see him in this playoff run. That's how crazy hard that hit was. It was a steamrolling. You know what my favorite hit of the game, though, was? No. Ivan Barbashev early on Radko Gudis. And Gudis didn't come back in the game. Yeah, he was kind of like so, loss. so. Actually, maybe he did. I, he didn't come back immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, but like, he's not at 100%. That, like. that, that, to me, like the Kelly McCrimmon, just to go back to it, they made, was it just one off, one kind of trade deadline acquisition? Anyway, they went out and got Ivan Barbashev, who's kind of like a little understated, has won a Stanley Cup before. They put him on a top line, mm-hmm. and he is the physicality that he brings is unbelievable. Like, this guy is an absolute wrecking ball. You put him with Eichel and Marchessault, and those two players are shining. That was a hell of a deadline acquisition. <sighs> this this team, this organization, McCrimmon, uh, most specifically, they know what they are doing. Very, very impressive. So they traded him. I'm just re- refreshing my memory. Ivan Barbashev was traded to the Golden Knights from the Blues for prospect Zach Dean. I don't know what Zach Dean. I think Zach Dean to. might be the first ever Golden Knight. Am I am I wrong? Prospect no, no. Zach I think Dean? that was no. Duke. I think it was a Duke. Uh, anyway. He was drafted by Vegas first round in 2021, 30th pick from Grand Prairie. My brother used to play hockey there. There you go. Um, but I don't think he's played a single NHL game as he is a prospect. So maybe Zach Dean turns out to be a superstar. But Ivan Barbashev has been a star-studded acquisition. So. Mm-hmm. That team looks like a a tough one to stop. Um, All right, we've got Jeff Merrick joining us at 7. Tonight, Blue Jays, Looney Dogs, let's flip the script. You've got Hunter Brown and Kevin Gosman on the mound, so a great pitching matchup. That's 7 o'clock, first pitch, Sportsnet, Sportsnet now. Sportsnet 590, the fan streaming on sportsnet.ca slash 590. And, of course, the Sportsnet app looks like Bassett and Barrios. Bassett should be back from paternity leave for Wednesday's start, and Barrios rounding out this four-game series. So looking to get back in the win column for the Blue Jays today. Okay, Jeff Merrick at 7. We'll have Brian Crawford, tournament director of the RBC Canadian Open, and a former CFLer. No idea the career path from the CFL to running the Canadian Open. We'll have to get... (laughs) Some sort of timeline on that one. We're still giving away Blue Jays tickets later in the show. Caleb Joseph will join us at 8. We'll talk the uncomfortable Manoa decision and discussion there. And then Haley Salvin will round out our show at 8.30 to do NHL whip around. And then, of course, the Wake and Rakes will send in those picks at 590-590. But next is the A-list. Sportsnet 590, the fan. Now it's time for the A-list. Bing bong. Bing bong. Okay, Justin and I are headed to the RBC Canadian Open on Saturday. Alanis Morissette concert. There's some fun promotional things, such as a opportunity for us to play a little golf. We could play a full hole, hole zero. It's this new promo. We'll talk about that later. But we won't see Victor Hovland there, unfortunately. My winner from last weekend gave me some Fanex Cup points. Mm-hmm. He and many others are foregoing the Canadian Open to prep for the U.S. Open, which I believe is in a week, uh, June 15th in L.A. But he was seen yesterday, the day after winning the memorial, helping a friend, a former teammate, former college roommate, by caddying for him Mm. as he's trying to, um, I believe, get 
an exemption or get through, um, I don't know what level of golf. There's many levels, a corn fairy tour. He was trying to accomplish something. And Victor Hovland was caddying for him after winning $3.6 million, caddying 36 holes for his teammate who's actually at U.S. qualifying, U.S. Open qualifying. So, I mean, imagine imagine that. You got a good friend that's going to help you out after winning 3.6 hey, mil. It's a nice story. You got a little heart in the uh, notes here. Yeah, so it's very I'm sweet. assuming you like this story? I think that's really nice. You don't like this no, story? I, I, don't, I don't mind. I, it's, I think I, I heard people being like, well, he shouldn't do that. I'm like, why not? I mean, Lift, it's, it's like when you're above caddying. It's not like, it's not like this uh, oppressive job. No, you're just... Carrying the bag around, like helping your buddy. Yeah, he's not going to injure himself. It was 36 holes, though, wasn't it? Yeah. It's all right. Did you say that? Yeah, I did say that. Thanks for listening. I was looking at the heart. Yeah. Um, okay, here's one that I think we could answer in about five seconds of pondering. Okay. The NFL um, and HBO's Hard Knocks, as the annual docuseries, has you know, flipped from team to team to team. Uh, we know last year was Detroit Lions. I actually really enjoyed getting to know the Detroit Lions. Dan Campbell, they did a good job. Uh, did you watch it? I watched all the viral clips on Twitter. Okay. I've, never, I've never watched Hard Knocks. I've watched all the viral clips on Twitter. <laughs> hmm. So HBO, the and these are some these are some rules, okay? Um, because you can't just be like, hey, you know, Kansas City Chiefs, we're going to follow you around every year. According to the previous NFL HBO rules, a team doesn't have to be on the show if any of these following rules apply to them. They have a first-year head coach in place. And that kind of makes sense. Like, give them a minute. I guess. Number two, they have a playoff berth in the past two seasons. They don't have to if they, they made the They don't have to be on the show. So, like, HBO can't be like, okay, Bills, we are doing the show on you. One last one. Okay. They have appeared on Hard Knocks in the last 10 years. So that leaves four el- eligible teams. That's how you get the Detroit Lions, I four guess. Four eligible teams. And they're struggling to pick which team. Can I read you the teams? Sure, because I wouldn't be able to figure out those The four. New York Jets, the New okay. Orleans Saints, the Chicago Bears, and the Washington Commanders. The New York Jets might be the easiest decision of your lifetime. Why would you not want to follow the New York Jets this season? It just the cards are aligning. They're Why? Because of, of Aaron Rodgers? Yes. I don't, don't know. He's wanna... not going to play. He's not going to even like give you any time. So though. do you want to look at the Chicago Bears? Well, it never does anything for me. But still, you get a little insight on the New York Jets this season. You have four options, and you can't figure it out. You're struggling to make the decision. I suppose. I suppose. I don't know how it works if they're forced to do it or it's like a please, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, please do this. But well, I mean, apparently the criteria is like there's, I mean, there's going to be a hard knocks. They're against so the idea. So one of these four teams has to do it. The Jets are against the idea. Yeah, I'm sure everyone's kind of against yeah, no the kidding. idea. But just say you don't have a choice <laughs> because the Jets expose of Aaron Rodgers would be at least you get a couple clips. So there's the benefit of making the playoffs. Like even if you're a bad team, you <laughs> yeah. don't have to do hard knocks. It's true. I like don't if know. the Jets had made the playoffs, they wouldn't be in this position. They should have been in the playoffs. They blew it. Well, you should be following them too. Anyway, what to come. I can't wait Lions. for NFL. Although it pays. Detroit Lions are opening night. Oh, we didn't even get to that topic. They wouldn't have been opening night. If they weren't on Hard Knocks. Without Hard Knocks. Without because there's stock. Dan Campbell. Yeah. It's true. So what can Hard Knocks do for you? A lot. The Chicago Bears. Maybe there's something there. The Saints, the Commanders, new ownership. Maybe that's something good there. I don't know. They don't They don't drive the needle like a Jets, Aaron Rodgers behind the scenes. And no. him doing, I don't know, some sort of weird 
But there's meditation. a reason why you're bottom of the barrel here because you have so many rules in place. That's true. Okay, Jeff Merrick's going to join us after the break. Stanley Cup final game two. Vegas up 2 nothing. Are they running away with this thing? Did we see the end, uh, the, the pumpkin of Bob? That's been, uh, it's been something we've pondered. How long can Bobrovsky keep this up? Did we see a little bit of an expose of, of who he really is? And then we're going to follow that up with Brian Crawford, who is the tournament director at the RBC Canadian Open. Um, apparently his nickname is Craw Daddy. Got that on an inside the source. Craw Daddy. Don't know if I'm going to open the interview with, what's up, Craw Daddy, after never speaking to that. him. We'll see how the vibes are. Yeah, we'll see. I got it in my back pocket, Craw Daddy. Maybe he's listening <laughs> now, Craw Daddy. We might chat at 730 about it. Uh, but Jeff Merrick, after the break on the Fan Morning Show.